today. Chuck and Christy Badley are here to share their first update from Costa Rica. Now, Chuck and Christy were, have been a part of Polaris um, for a long, long time. And they sat where you guys are sitting in this room and were minding their own business. Not, that's not true. They were always interested in God's plan for their life. But they began to feel this urge from God to go to Costa Rica or somewhere and do something about children living in profound poverty. And God dragged them along, and they were partially willing for most of the time. And now um, they left uh, home to live in Costa Rica to reach children in profound poverty. And we have, as a group, over the past few years' Christmas Eve offerings, um, donated well over $100,000 to buy a teen center for them there in Costa Rica and to fund their ministry. And so please welcome to the stage Chuck and Christy Badley. While Chuck's getting organized. <clears throat> what a homecoming. Thank you, guys. Um, it's good to be here. We've missed you guys more than I can say. Um, just a quick note before we start. The messages, the Facebook messages, the texts, the emails, they mean the world. They keep us going on those days when we question, so keep them coming. Thank you. Thank you, guys, for, for making us feel loved. Okay, go. <laughs> was there um, a bet on how long it would take for us to cry today? I was wondering. So who had, who had eight seconds? Uh, before we could even get the reverberation off the wall, tears were flowing. Okay. Um, yeah, so today we are, um, is, are there, just show of hands, are there people that are new to Polaris that maybe don't know much about Love Pure we don't want to spend too much time talking about Love Pure, so some people are not quite sure. Okay. Um, so you'll get what we do through a lot of the stories that we tell today, um, but the, the short of it is, is yes, seven years ago, um, we started feeling this pull. Kathy Beebe just made a joke. God's still pulling us along. This is God's work. This is God's ministry. Um, we're players on the chessboard. Um, it's your ministry, so... Whether you've prayed for us one time, you pray for us daily, you've donated a dollar, a thousand, ten thousand dollars, or you're sitting here today encouraging us just by being here and, and realizing that these children's lives are worthy of serving, then you, this is your ministry as well. So we just want to be very clear today, this is not ours, this is ours. What's the word in Spanish? Nosotros. It's ours. It's our ministry, okay? So please, oh, some Span we have some Spanish speakers here in the... In the group, I can tell right here. Spanish speaker? Oh, okay. We're going to get, we can get you up here if we need to. Um, so today is going to be a little bit different. We're not going to talk about budgets. We're not going to talk about programs. And we're going to tell some stories. Um, if you went to the first service, they may sound a little different in the second story because we're speaking from the heart. They're true stories. They are stories of lives. So on this first slide, um, 
Oh, that's that, not the first slide. Was there another slide? There that's we the go. First slide. There we okay. go. Yes, so this is, uh, you recognize the, um, the person sitting in Indian style. This is the youth center um, in La Verbena, Los Pinos, in Alolita, Costa Rica. This is what a couple, couple of uh, years ago, um, we did the Christmas Eve service. We raised the money to purchase this property. Um, if you're involved with the preschool, you'll see a, a book there that was actually from the front fundraiser at the preschool, Pete Elgato. Um, and then these are real children. These are children at one of the, we just happened to take a picture one day at one of the um, Poquinos programs that we do in the afternoon. And so we just wanted to start by showing you everything today is, is from, directly from the work we're doing down there. So one of the things um, I think that, that people wonder is like, what do we do all day in Costa Rica? And well, how do we spend the time? And how are we making any impact? How is this center making any difference where it is? Um, just, just like, what's going on? What do you guys do? So one of the things we, we started feeling in like August, September is this feeling of we need, to, we need to be intentional about some record keeping, some documentation. We need to hold ourselves accountable to what are we doing? Are we, are we doing what we said we were going to do? Or are we making a difference? So the first thing we decided to do was just document the names that came through the center, um, not names that we saw in Bible Club in the shantytown, not names that we, you know, and the other activities that were in that actually walked through your center doors and came to an activity during the month of October, just October. And, drum roll, now the next slide, 140 kids have walked, yeah, right, right? 140 names are on that list. And my guess would be, you look at the list, you read two, three. If you have a really good attention span, you might make it to four, and then they become 150 names, right? Um, because we did this 140, not 250 yet. That'll be next month. Um, but, but each one of those names is a, is a child, and, and they have a story, and they mean something to us. Um, so what we want to do today is, is pull out a couple of those names and make them a little more meaningful for you and tell you a little bit of the story of the impact that your youth center is having on that child. So I, I think um, as we reflected uh, when we got back a couple of weeks ago on all of these names, a couple things stuck out. And it's, it's interesting because when you actually look at each name um, and realize that this is a child of God, this is, this is a child that Jesus died for. All of a sudden, it becomes very real. Like, you know, I think, yeah, Jesus died for me, right? Because Alex told me that. Right? Every Sunday I come in here, but same here, these children. And I think what's really cool to think about is each of these children, just like you, has a unique set of circumstances about you. Some of you guys, even today, are dealing with things that aren't great, right? You're dealing with circumstances. You have obstacles. You have challenges that you need to overcome. So do all of these children. So a lot of what we feel we can do in this community is each one of these children presents a very unique and special opportunity for us to really get to know them. Like, think about just really getting to know and be present with that child in a moment to get to know them so that we can then serve them and so that we can love them. 
So that is the theme that we are going to start also trying to remind ourselves of why we're there every day. Yeah, I'm whipping them in, in foosball all, as much as I possibly can, but I have to remember that that kid has a story as well, right? So this is what we're going to do today is we're going to break down some of these uh, children for you. So the first uh, child that we're going to focus on is Hillary Montenegro. Um, so this is Hillary's shanty. So I know some people, this is the, the first time you've been here. It's a term that's used in Costa Rica. Um, it's, they also say precario. It's basically a slum. And these are houses that are, you know, some of them are a little more well-constructed than others. Some of them are made out of, most of them are made out of tin, plywood. A lot of them have dirt floors. Right, I said first service that the pink wall right there that's actually a structure is the only wall that I can think of that I have ever seen in the shantytown. Like, you're looking at the wall that's in shantytown. The rest of them are... Are wood and, and tin. Uh, so, and then, Tony, this is for you. I know you really like the electrical codes down in Costa Rica. They haven't changed since you were down there. It's still hodgepodge, whatever works. Um, but uh, this is their shanty. You can see it runs all the way down to the tarp, which is the back of uh, the community center. That's our, our community center. It runs all the way up to this pink building. In the white shirt, there is Hillary. She was in our tu- she's in our tutoring program. She's 12 years old. Uh, one afternoon when Christy and I were coming in to start the Pequeños program, we were talking to the tutors, and the tutor said, one of the girls today said that her house collapsed. So, that, right. so I'm thinking collapsed like roof, right? So we said, well, this is interesting. Let's go see what happened. At the time, we're doing some work in the youth center, uh, so we've got our, our contractor with us. So we walk back here. And uh, we walk into her house. This is inside their house. So we, we just want to say, like, we're not going to put this on Facebook. This is, a, this is somebody's house. We want to share it with you because this is reality. Um, you've heard us talk about dirt floors. So what you have here in the, in the picture on the left, this is their hallway. So when you walk in the house, you come here. This is a hallway to the right. The white kind of countertop there is the kitchen. So that's where the kitchen starts. And then you can see my leg in the back with my shorts back there, the blue shorts. That is a separate room where they have a, uh, a bathroom. So they have a, a commode, and then they have a washing bin. What they do for their commodes is they dig a hole, because they, they don't have plumbing. They dig a hole, and they set the commode on it. They use it for a while. They fill it in with dirt, and then they'll, they'll all up and relocate it. Um, but a lot of this, unfortunately, also does run out. Um, so what they had done is they had dug that hole, and during the rainy season, which is perpetual, come to find out, um, it started collapsing. So the dirt started sliding. So that day we went in on the other side of that wall. We're actually looking down where it collapsed. You're still intact in the hallway here. You can see the, uh, the, the wood beams here and so forth. Um, this was on the 6th of October. We went back on the 7th to find out more had collapsed. That's on the right. So if you look at where like the yellow and the white pipes are, that is now, and that 10 has now also collapsed as well. And that's about two-thirds of the entire shanty. Like the, the shanty is not any wider than what you saw on the, on the left. That's the, that is the width of it. So at this point, two-thirds of their flooring has washed down the, I don't know, hill, whatever you call that thing. Again, I'm glad Tony's here. See the, the building code on the two-by-fours? It looks like they've got two in there holding 15 feet well. So, like, this is how they construct these things. Um, the weight of the earth gave out. The next slide 
is, uh, this is from our neighbor. So our youth center is over here, that, the wall where the ladder is, that's our property. This is our neighbor, and you can see everything just kind of collapsed down in here. It's also look interesting, if you look at that dirt, it's got garbage in it, it's got some bricks. So, you know, this, this was their back wall. And this is uh, Abby, this is um, Hillary's mother, and she's just standing there assessing the damage. Um, so the next photo, Christy's going to go ahead and talk to that for a second. Yeah, so this one we, we struggled with showing too because we don't, you know, these are people, and these are, this is their house. But as Chuck was standing at the other end, I looked over to the left of the third of the shanty that hadn't washed away yet, and this is what I saw. There are kids on a bed with stilts. This is the third of the shanty that hasn't collapsed yet. So two days, you know, one third collapsed, the second third collapsed, this is day number three. And I see kids sleeping on a bed with, you know, a, a piece of wood underneath them holding them up. And my heart immediately goes, those kids are going to wash down the side of this. They're going to be stuck under that raw piece of tin. This is, I, this is not okay. So I look over at Chuck, and <laughs> Chuck says, we're fixing this, right? And I'm like, we're fixing this. So... Uh, these next couple photos are just the work in progress. So again, you can kind of see the, those two pieces of wood that are up back to the right is where you can see it originally had collapsed. All this is dirt. Took, uh, we had some guys working in our center. We had told you that. Um, and we just said, hey, let's go help them clean this up. One thing we don't want to do is, especially in a community like this, um, go in and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to pay for all this to happen. So what we told Abby is, we've got some guys working, we've got some extra materials, let's see if we can help you out. They were going to dig up a lot of this, so they cleaned out a lot of this dirt. She had some of her friends and family come in and, and clean some of this stuff out. So the first slide is before the work. Uh, we cleaned this up and put a really good edge on it. And then what you'll see here over to the right is, this is one of our workers, Elvis, up there, actually down in that area, um, with some of the cinder blocks that we had brought in and so forth. So the next slide will show, actually, um, we put some, some rebar in there. Tony trying to stay up to some code there. Let's put a little metal in there. Um, put these blocks in, fill them with cement. And then right before we uh, had to come back home at the end of October, um, beginning of November, we had built this up. There's a solid wall here. We'll fill that back in with dirt. So a lot of the dirt had been moved outside, and Abby got out there with a wheelbarrow with her daughters, and they moved that every day. They were just moving dirt in and out, in and out. And so we said, hey, you're going you're gonna to work on this. We'll help out. We'll bring some people in. Uh, built this wall. This is done by now. We, we don't have a picture yet. Um, and then they, they would have put the tent back on. You see up there, I just noticed this the other day. That's our crew. It doesn't look like they're working real hard. Sitting back in the background. It's so a coffee break. We may have to have a conversation with um, I do want to add one thing here because you forgot to talk about this, the girls. Um, when we saw them sleeping on the bed, we said, you, you're not sleeping here. This is not okay. Um, take your family, sleep in the center. And she said, no, we can't. My two girls can go sleep in the center. We have to stay here. If I leave the shanty, the gang will knock the, knock the lock off our door and they'll take my shanty. I won't have a, I won't have a home anymore. So she, she chose to sleep there every night while her girls came down to our center, your center, but it gave them a safe place. At least the girls had a place to sleep while they were doing this. We didn't, and, and um, the kids, and 
it was very impactful, though, when, Abby, when we offered that to Abby, and she said, I can't. The, the gang will take my shanty. I won't have anything to come back to. So it was pretty impactful, but it, it was good that at least the girls had a, a dry, clean place to sleep. Yeah, and so we could talk more about the gangs, but basically there are people in here. Everyone here is squatting. Nobody owns this. So if they leave, these people come in, they take these properties, and then they rent them back out, and they force these people to pay rent. So that's what, when Christy talks about the, the local gangs, there are people back here that kind of run this community, not always in a great way, and, and then they can make some of this not-so-great stuff happen. Almost fell off the chair. Okay, so okay, next. you guys did this. This is God's work. You guys did it because we were in that community and because in that tutoring program, this girl said, hey, my house collapsed. We were able to go in there and, and, and through these resources and through what you guys have enabled, we were able to have an impact on this life or on, on, the, on this family. Um, now we're going to talk about Kata. I think you guys may have seen Kata. Um, you've either seen her online. We've, we've talked about Kata a couple of times. You can go to the next one. This is her. She's eight years old, um, and she is always at the center, always. If we're there, she's there. Um, she spends hours and hours and hours, and I'm not exaggerating, um, not alone. What's the, I lost my word. Meandering about the... Right. Uh, thank you. Unsupervised. Um, and through working with her and her being at the center, um, we discover that can't, Kata can't read. Kata can't write her name. She's eight years old. And that scares me so much because she spends so much time wandering and wandering. And, um, you know, anybody that will interact with her, she'll interact with them. She just wants some attention. And she can't write her name. And she can't read. And, and she can hide it so well. It took us weeks to figure out that she can't read. But... Now we know, and now, and now the tutor knows, and, and I, I can't promise you that I can teach Kata to read, but I'm going to try. Um, we're going to get in with her school when it starts back in February. The tutor now knows she can't read, and um, I've reached out. You know, we have lots of resources here. We have lots of resources there, and we're going to do everything we can to, to get this child so that she, she can read. And I think it's, for us, what's hard to believe is she's, she's progressing in some level, and there's a lot of corruption in these schools. So why is she progressing through? Why has she slipped through the cracks? Um, and when we say that she's going to tutoring, she misses tutoring too. So she'll sneak out when they're not doing math and so forth. So all those signs were kind of there, but she's become a master of covering up this, this fact um, that, that that, uh, that she can't read, which was really... But we're part of her story by giving her that opportunity that hopefully, hopefully we can get her to where she needs to be. All right, the next one is Kevin. That's you. So uh, you guys may know Kevin. We've talked about him quite a bit. We met him one of our first times in, in this area, which was five years ago. Um, Kevin's... So we've known Kevin for a while, uh, quick backstory: His family is from Nicaragua. He, there's no uncle, there's no father in the house. There's 17 people that live in that house. Um, lots of the sisters, lots of uh, lots of kids. So there are a lot of cousins in there. Um, and he's 14 years old. What's really special about Kevin is, and most of these kids are the same case. When you're born in Costa Rica, you are a Costa Rican citizen. So Kevin, in theory, is a Costa Rican citizen. The problem is, is Kevin was born in the shanty town. 
So a lot of these parents, they won't go into the hospitals because they don't want to be on record. They're there illegally, and, and, they're, and they don't, don't want their kids taken away from them. They don't want their kids taken away. So Kevin has no documentation that he exists. Even though he's in the schools, he's allowed to be up until the 15th. He's in something called Colegio now. Then he'll actually go into more like a high school. Then you have to have a record of documentation. So he's, and, and he wants to be an architect, but he has a big wall in front of him. Um, so what has happened is, um, again, through, through the resources that we have, uh, we have partnered with um, uh, Education Plus. You guys know we've talked to them a lot. And we have uh, worked together to enable his mother to go back to Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Um, she's in that process. She's already been once. She will get her papers, which will make her um, uh, able to be legal in Costa Rica. And then Kevin, and now even Kevin's sister, who has a lot of promise. Great. She's a, she's a great kid. Um, now they have a, a potential future. He cannot work a normal job in Costa Rica without it's those a papers. Job, right? A legal job. So he'll always have to do undocumented work. Architects are documented in Costa Rica. So um, this is just another example of by being in there with Kevin every day, and even though we've known him for a while and knowing that story, we can go knock that, that obstacle down. In the meantime, he missed summer camp this year with a teen camp because he needed to earn money. So he goes downtown San Jose with his mom. They sell these trinkets or they'll stand on the street corner and sell suckers. So when you pull up to a, a, a corner and someone's trying to sell you a sucker, that has changed how we look at that person, right? That could be, that could be Kevin. So now we're pretty quick to give them, even if it's just a little bit of something and, you know, I'm not going to preach whether that's right or wrong. Um, but uh, so we've made some opportunities for Kevin. When he's not in school, he's actually working. So the crew that's working on the youth center, he comes in. Um, we, he gets paid about a dollar and a half an hour, which in Costa Rica is a decent amount of money. And, you know, he's working, he, gosh, one week he worked, what, 25 hours? And now he's got some money to bring back to his family to help pay for food. So not a, it's not a handout. Let us help you help yourself. And, again, because of what you guys have enabled this, this work to be, you guys have made a big impact in Kevin's life or are in the process of making it. How many other Kevins are on that list? There are a lot. All right, next story is Flora. Flora is about 19, um, and there she is. She's like sunshine. Um, she, she's been part of us, for, again, we've known her for five years. She comes to, um, she's so involved. She comes to teen Bible club. She comes to teen camp. She's a clubhouse volunteer. She has, she has keys to the clubhouse because we trust her and we love her so much, and she is opening the doors for activities when we are not able to be there. Um, she comes to the Saturday Teen Girls Club. Um, her family lives in the shantytown. They host um, the little Bible club that um, they're too little to come out. They're tiny. Um, but she's, the way we're in her story, and this is just nothing but a happy story, but she is now has a scholarship. She's going to classes to, to learn to, to get certified in giving shots and vaccines. She will be able to have a job, and that's through a scholarship provided through, again, your guys' donations. Um, we're just giving her leadership opportunities. We do encourage her to speak English, kind of make her. She doesn't like it. But um, it, it helps her job opportunities. She, she will be able to get a better job if she can speak English. So she also comes to the English class that is offered in the, in the center. So she's just a great feel-good story. Oh, and one more story about her that's really cute. She loves the center. Again, you see where these kids live. She asked a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, I don't know when it was, um, 
if she could have a sleepover, can she have a, can she have a slumber party? So I think eight eight to ten of the girls from the shanty town came and camped out in the in the center. So it's just like this place of 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 joy and happiness, and they own it, and I love that. And, and this this is interesting as well. A side story we didn't tell at the at the at the first service. When the kids are in here, they do two things constantly. They go to the bathroom. Because and we they, have a toilet that Because we have a toilet, and they drink water out of the sink. And it amazes, like, they'll get up in the middle of a story and go over and just drink water and then come back and sit in the circle. So our water bill, I'm sure, is pretty high having all those <laughs> girls in the, in the center. All right, next story. Saeed, he's one of my favorites right now. I shouldn't have favorites. I shouldn't have said that. Um, he's cute. He's three. We just met him this year. We don't have a long history with him, but um, he has a new baby in the house this year and is not happy about it and does not mind showing that he's not happy about it. So when we first met him at Bible Club, he would come in and stomping his foot and angry, and Chuck called him a little angry man for a long time because we didn't know his name, and um, you know, would yell at his mom, and his mom is just awesome. She's this sweet little meek lady, and she'll just laugh and say, oh, Saeed, and he's like yelling and screaming. But he started coming to, as we got to know her, um, Started, we started inviting him to my, to my little preschool, like, I don't even know what to call it yet, because we don't know what it is yet. It's like a little preschool program we have going, and he comes, and, and we discovered that Saeed loves to dance, loves it. He loves to sing at the top of his voice. He loves to help me read the stories. Um, in fact, sometimes I'll have to say, Saeed, shh, it's my turn. Um, let me read this book. He loves it, and, and you know, I'm not going to tell you that he doesn't get angry anymore. In fact, in his picture that we are you know, talking about baby Jesus, Mary has on a blue dress, and his neighbor Mary had on a yellow dress, and he was very unhappy about that, and let everybody know that he didn't understand why his Mary was blue and hers was yellow. So I'm not going to tell you his anger issues are all gone, but he has a place to come right now, and he can dance, and he can sing, and he can play, and he laughs, and um, it's a gr- I can't wait to see where this, where this kid's story takes us. Next is Maybelline. Okay, I'm going to look this way because Maybelline's my tough one. This is Maybelline. She's also new to us. She's six. We just met her this year. Um, and she comes to the center a lot. She loves to help. She loves to clean. She loves to paint. She loves to um, steal my phone and look up the, the songs that we sing in Pequeno's Club because she also comes to that and she'll be over in the corner, you know, dancing. And... One day, we were walking out of the shantytown, headed toward the center, and, and she was holding my hand, and she said, Miss Christy, I need, she called, yeah, anyway, I need to go ask my dad if I can come to the center for a while. And I said, of course, we'd love to have you at the center. Will you come with me? Sure, Maybelline, I'll walk with you. And she starts walking toward the, the drug house. It is the drug house. We've seen drugs get sold. We've, we've gotten yelled at for taking pictures beside, you know, what are you guys doing here? Um, we've, we've been confronted. We, I'm 90% sure it's, it's also a house of prostitution. They make it pretty obvious with the people standing outside that this is the house. And Maybelline walks up to that house. And I said, I said, Maybelline, honey, I can't go in there. And she said, I said, go in and ask your dad. But I can't go in your house. So she went in and asked, and of course the dad said yes, and, he, and she came out and she said, he said yes, he said yes. And again, I can't change what she's living in. I can't change that. But I can give her a place to come 
we can give her a place. We, you guys can give her a place to come that's not that. She doesn't have to sit in the drug house all day. She doesn't have to see the women, you know, advertising themselves in front of the house every day. So I don't know if we can save her. I don't know if we can combat that, but we're going to try. We're going to, uh, we're going to be there. Those, oh, I have a funny story. I can make it funny again. So <laughs> our car that we have, we can't figure this out. We, we wanted to, and now we're debating whether we want to or not. We, we come up, and when you turn the car off, it's connected to the alarm somehow, and it goes beep really loud, like the car alarm going off a little bit. Well, the kids have figured that out, and when they hear that, it's like, oh, my gosh, the Badleys are here. The center's open. Here they come, and so we were debating, like, sometimes it would be nice just to be able to, like, sneak in and have a minute before all the kids come, but literally Maybelline, like, hears that. She came one day in her pajamas rubbing her eyes because she was still waking up, um, but she knew we were there, and she was immediately there, and that's what we want to provide, just a place for these kids to come and, and have a minute where they're not watching drug deals and watching, you know, the, the women parade themselves in front of this house. So that's Maybelline. I, I don't know what it will be. I don't know. I can't, I can't promise anything, but I can promise we're going to try. Um, so this is, this is kind of interesting because Giancarlo is not on the list. He's, he's an older, uh, older kid. We've only, we met him for the first time in, in October, actually. This is what Christy was talking about a minute ago. So the, uh, the house with the heart on it, that's the youth center. That's, that's the uh, youth center that, that we have. The drug house, one of the drug houses that we know of that Christy's speaking of is where the little Ghostbuster no drugs sign is. Um, so that's the proximity of that. And uh, if, for, again, I know not everybody's been here, so just a quick, quick background. The shanty town is where the trees are, the pine trees. This represents um, about half of it, so it goes back maybe another half that way. Um, and then it goes back further that way. And then this whole thing is mirror imaged down here. So there's two different areas of this uh, precario. Um, most of the kids that we know and work with are actually just from this vicinity. Those 140 kids are really, really local to this. And I would say when we go back there, maybe we know half the kids at that. So there are so many children in this area. This is the known, uh, the, when I say the known drug house, one of them. Um, so young Carlo is a cool story. He is the uncle of Maybelline that we, you know, through a lot of conversation came to find out. He lives in the same house. He lives in the same house. Um, he showed up to Teen Bible Club Wednesday night. I didn't know him. So we go, we go to the Teen Bible Club on a regular basis, and this, this guy shows up, and he's, he's older. He has an edge to him. So, you know, I'm not the most street-savvy person in the world, but I could just, like, this guy is, is different. He's, he's edgier. He's more intense. He made me a little nervous. Why is he here? Never seen him before. Rougher, um, if, if, if you can say that in, in, in this area. He's just... There was an edge to him for sure. Halfway through the, um, the, the teen kind of Bible study, there's 30 kids in there this night. And we usually get about 30 in there. He starts telling a story that's here on the right. He starts talking about he has a son, young son. He was selling drugs. So he's been selling drugs for years. He got arrested and uh, waiting, you know, to figure out what that's going to turn into. 
um, he decides that he needs to go back and, and, and give his life to God. So we have seen him every Wednesday since. Um, we have given him work. So to, you know, trying to provide for a, a young child, the last thing we want is to say, hey, the only chance I got here is selling drugs again. Um, so we, he, he does some work for us. So uh, a lot of the work that was done for Abby, he was involved with that. Um, so that's just, to us, that's a, a, a story because we wouldn't have been exposed to him had we not had this club where he's coming in and, and doing this type of stuff. So um, we don't know how many more of those stories are out there. Right. He's, that, the, the youth center is having an impact on him, and he's not even on that list. He wasn't one of those 140 names because he's, he's older, but he's still having an impact. He's still using that to tell his story to, to other kids that come in. And I, I think the other thing that's a, of great concern is if you look at the top of the, of the circle, you can see the patch of green, and then you see like this uh, the brownish area. That's a park. It's got a playground in it, and in any given time there can be 8, 10, 12 kids playing in that park across the street from that house. So any time that those kids can be up the street and to the left is a good day. So we need to be in there six days a week, seven days a week if possible, before school, after school, creating that opportunity for them to be there as opposed to in, in some of these other areas. Okay, so that's Giancarlo. Oh, he's got a great dog too, a little dog that follows him around. Um, so this is, this is the, the youth center. Um, this was when we, when we bought it uh, a couple years ago. Um, we didn't get to go down because of COVID, so we weren't able to, to, to get a lot of the programs up and running. The next couple slides, we just want to walk you through a transformation. So this was the front. This is uh, Vicente. He's one of the, one of the workers. Um, here is uh, a couple of the kids that one day came over and help, helped us paint the youth center, and then they decided to paint the door, and um, it kind of worked its way inside, so we went each back other. and forth. They painted each other. What's that? painted each other. They, paint, they did paint each other, and this, was, this wasn't latex paint, so um, there were a couple, like every morning that they came back for like four days, we said, did your mom say anything about your clothes? And they're like, yeah, it's okay. So we definitely ruined some clothes, um, but that's, that's getting the front ready, and then this is what it looks like today. Just like the, um, the horn on our 2009 Subaru that announces we're there, you can tell we're trying to keep a low profile in the neighborhood. Um, we actually ran out of material, but I said, that is so Cleveland hip right there. Let's leave that bottom corner as it is, and let's, and let's kind of create that. Uh, next time we come back, Christy's got a really cool thing with the stairs uh, that we'll show you, um, and, and then that's where we are. So we also wanted to show a couple of other slides for some of the work that was done. The back of our property, um, somebody actually cooks, cooks tamales. They have a tamale-making business. Um, but there was a lot of mud, there was a lot of water coming through, so we dug out away from the wall, we put this uh, tarp, like this queen type stuff down, we put in some drainage pipings, filled it back in with sand, and then the, uh, the, the crew built this uh, kind of gutter, so during rainy season, you can literally, that water just runs away from our property, and we just kind of pass the buck to the neighbors down the mountain a little bit, um, and, and let that water avoid our property. So we did a big irrigation outside project, Inside, the next slide, um, there's a, this was the front patio. Um, Tony, recognize your handiwork up there, right? I don't know if Jim's in here. 
A little handiwork. Well, it wasn't supposed Thanks to be. Thanks to Maybelline. Yeah, Maybelline got a hold of the blue bar paint, and I looked up, and she was painting it blue. So um, at one point, and it's not done yet, but uh, we put a nice uh, ceramic floor in here, really inexpensive, just a nicer area. A lot of times in teen club, the kids will want to go out because they're dealing with a lot, and they'll want to have a conversation. Flora, a lot of times, will go out and talk to girls. Um, some of the other staff will go out and, and we'll talk to, talk to kids. So we've got a nice little area here that's been done. And then the next couple slides, um, this is the back, the entire back patio of this property. Um, you can see there's, there's tin on the walls here, all of that mildew or mold, I don't know what it's called. Um, it, sometimes when it rains, water will like shoot through that wall, which is why we did all that work in the back. So once we got the entire back part done, we then to the next slide, um, had to put a bunch of drainage in. So we, all the piping runs from the other side, it comes over here, it runs up here, this all runs down here, and now it goes out the front. So we, this, has been, this has been done for, for a bit now, a good month and a half. Rainy season still hitting it hard, no flooding at all in the back building. So it is, it, it's absolutely amazing what's been done back there. You can see we built the walls up on the side and put some new metal up. This is in preparation, now we poured some concrete, and then the biggest thing that we're excited about is not only can we house 140 kids in the, um, in the clubhouse, but next slide, we've now opened up a completely second back room where we can run programs simultaneously. So as kids are in there doing tutoring, Christy and, and maybe another tutor can take kata and three other katas in the back and work specifically on reading. Bible club, we can break them up in, in different groups now. So it just, it opens up so much more space um, to, to be able to, uh, to, to work with the kids. Really cool thing coming on that back wall next time we're up there. So there's still some cool things that, that we're going to do to help the kid make this theirs. Okay, so um, that's it for stories. That's it for updates. Um, that's what we've been doing for six months. Been pretty busy. Feels like, you know, we just left, but it feels like a lifetime. So it's kind of a weird, um, we've had a lifetime of experiences in six months. So we're going to end with a video. This is a real quick, like, 30-second video. Wasn't staged, wasn't planned. Um, it's real. So Chuck just decided he wanted to video. And one day he just felt that you're going to see energy. You're going to hear it's loud. He's a, they're loud. Um, they're, it's chaos. You're going to see, you know, a kid spit on his hand and clean the window and then get caught by Chuck. Um, you're going to see a lot. But what I want you to, to take a minute and see is one child. Look at one child. And think of the name, you know, the 140 names. God knows which name belongs with that child. And I want you to take just a second and pray for that child. Even if you don't know his name, her name, that's okay. And pray that we have an opportunity to learn that child's story and impact that child. Thank you.
So there's nothing that I can really say after that. Um, I'm just, that's just great to the, I'm just so, I don't know whether proud or whatever. I just, I can't believe that we get to, we get to all be a part of, of that. Um, so what I want you to know is that um, we, uh, our Christmas Eve offerings every year <clears throat> over the past few years have gone to um, give toward their budget. And it covers what they do. And it also covered the price of that teen center. And so our hope this Christmas Eve, 100% of the three Christmas Eve services, the offering goes for their budget for 2023. And $45,000 gets it done. And we've proved in the past that we can do it. And we need to do it again. Um, and it doesn't go. I mean, they have a business that provides for their own Expenses. So what we give goes completely to those names and those stories that we just heard. So I hope that you will pray about um, you know, your part in that, if, if, if that's something God calls you toward. Um, and if not, um, then keep, keep praying uh, for, for Chuck and Christy and for their encouragement. Uh, I guess the only thing that I, I want to just emphasize is Jesus said, and it's what we... One of the things we build this church around in Matthew 18, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So how we treat children as a church is how we respond to Jesus. And so we just all out for kids, and, and now it's global. So um, I'm so excited for that and um, ready for those. I like your teasers, by the way. Like We'll be back for more next time with the steps and the wall and... Not in the winter, in the summer. Yeah, warm weather now. Okay. All right, so um, I'm just going to pray, and we'll be done. Father, um, <clears throat> you love those kids in that shanty town, and you know them by name. And um, we pray that through what you've started there, you would transform that shantytown. That they would become rich, not in material things, but in their closeness with you. We pray for your protection and for your power through what Chuck and Christy and uh, we as your church do in Costa Rica. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good week. Happy Thanksgiving.